I know all about you guys. My sister was engaged to a seal. Oh, was she? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hold on, how you, you know all about us? What do you mean? What I mean is you're a bunch of arrogant, self-centered pricks. You think you can lie and cheat and do whatever the fuck you want. I'd never date a seal. Wait, why would you say I'm self-centered? I'd lay down my life for my country. Why? Because it's the greatest country on earth. I'd do everything I can to protect it. Like, I'm sorry what happened to your sister, but that's not me. It's nice to meet you. Where are you going? Well, I was just going to go home because you said you wanted to date a seal or something. Sad I'd never marry one. Everybody and welcome to Generation Loss, the show where me and Jeremy watch movies. Hi, that's Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what his voice sounds like. Sorry, I'm a little like. He just is full of Japanese. Food. I'm full of Japanese food and beer, and I had like <laughs> I had a midday beer, and I was like, I'll be fine to have a midday beer, and then yeah. I had two, and I was like, I'm not fine to have two. Oh midday no, beer. <laughs> Jeremy is wasted and full. <laughs> And probably will be tired by the end of this episode. We are old. Yeah, luckily there's luckily there's enough people to pick up the slack if I get tired. Yeah, luckily we have a full show today with me and also Jeremy. Yep, we're all here. Gang's all here. <laughs> full roster. Yes. So today we're just going to jump right in to yeah. what did we watch this week? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Sure. I watched a movie. From China, okay. <laughs> directed by Zhang Yimou. It was called Shadows. And this guy directed Hero. He directed House of Flying Daggers, Curse of the Golden Flower, controversially and hilariously, The Great Wall, starring mm-hmm. Matt Damon, which I think we've mentioned before on this show. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I don't think so, no. Well, there was a big controversy with The Great Wall because the American marketing had Mar- Matt Damon as though he was the main character and a bunch of online Tumblr kids got mad because they were whitewashing the story of the Great Wall, which is insane because yeah. it's a Chinese movie by Chinese directors and Chinese people with Chinese funding. And he was specifically telling a story that he wrote right. <laughs> and it was like included one white guy, but like because the American marketing had him on the poster. Because he's like, presumably he's the one actor in the movie we would know. Right. Obviously. Why yeah. wouldn't you say, hey, Matt Damon's in this movie. Yeah, Go watch hey, it. It's a big star. Maybe you might want to come see it. Right. And it was a huge controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they may have like pulled it from certain theaters in America. Right. It was so stupid. Is he like a big part in no the- <laughs> and it's also a fantasy it has dragons in it and shit like okay it's not like a historical drama about the building of the great wall right um it doesn't it didn't make any sense that's fun i always like when there's like a fantasy element involved in something where we're having like a like on the other end of this one of the funniest headlines i ever read was about uh the harry potter movies and how over the course of like the eight or nine harry potter movies there were um, non-white actors over the course of the whole, all of it sure. spoke for, I think it was a grand total of eight minutes of, of dialogue, <laughs> which is just so fucking funny yeah. because 
snakes talk more than that in movies. <laughs> snakes puppets, like anytime you add in like a fantasy CGI element it adds like a whole new angle to the fun of, of <laughs> cultural discussions do you right. are you a harry potter person i've read them yeah i read the books when i was a kid you watch the movies i've seen them i saw them all in the movie theater and that's about it they're fun i saw all of them i liked it it's fine yeah i don't really have much of a hot take I mean, I think the politics are terrible, but it's who cares. The thing is, it's at this <laughs> point, like the hottest take you can have about Harry Potter is to just say, yeah, it's a fun franchise. I like it. It's fun. I would like to go to Harry Potter World because the fantasy elements around and the art style is cool. Yeah, it's a good bit of fun. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine to just like something, yeah. you know, like I was thinking about. This. I mean, the problem is, is that people assume you are like I know. talking about hu- whether you're a Hufflepuff or whatever, and like, dude, it's like, really well, I, have a, ca- I have a fucking dolphin tattoo, and I always assume that people, when they hear that you like dolphins, they're just like, yeah, but are you like a fucking dolphin person? And you're like, no, I don't think they're like magic. They can't what? see into my soul. Oh, those people. Oh, yeah, fuck. like I, don't, I barely no, like, know magic about dolphin <laughs> shit. It's just it's a cool animal <laughs> that if you swim with it, it's fun. Are you, know? you a Douglas Adams fan? Am I? Eh. Okay. He's fine. It's the but the thing is it's like I was thinking about this with Elizabeth Warren this week because mm-hmm. there was like the whole thing where she was dancing and then everyone's making fun of her for dancing and then Cory Booker's like you're making fun of her for dance cuz she's a woman and it's just like <laughs> you know it's okay to just look at Elizabeth Warren dancing and say that's really charming and endearing and cute. She's dancing she's in a fun way. Lady. I don't care for her politics and i won't be voting for her i'm you know this isn't moving the needle for me in any meaningful way but it's okay to just look at somebody dancing and be like that's adorable it's an old lady dancing and having a good time i did not see that video i was confusing it with the video of them taking an epic double selfie her and julian castro which i think sucks and is lame yeah that shit sucks dancing i don't know i didn't see it i'm sure it's it's fine i'm sure it's fine it's cute it's fine the mayor pete dance objectively fun to do you can see it (laughs) when you see people doing it everybody who makes fun of that dance there's a moment where they start it and they're like ironically doing it and then there's a moment where you see them doing it and you're like oh no you're having fun now because it's fun because somebody made it for a reason (laughs) to make it fun it's fun for people to do corny ass people who like mayor pete uh which i've never done and i'm not gonna do because i hate having fun anyway if it was the bernie (laughs) dance we'd all love it that's all i'm gonna say it's probably true that's that's the hottest take from this episode (laughs) if the mayor pete dance was the bernie Bernie dance dance, we'd all be doing it all twitter would love it yeah okay steal it <laughs> anyway, I watched a movie. Yes, yeah, so you watched Shadows. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this movie, have you seen any of the movies I mentioned? No. Okay, they're all great. Hero is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of Flying Daggers is great. It's sort of the sort of similar idea of like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but like much more beautiful. Okay. Um, actually, Zhang Ziyi from Crouching Tiger is in Hero and House of Flying Daggers. Um, this movie. Is a pretty much same kind of deal. Imperial China. Old school style. There's a king of a land in China and they get into a fight with another king um, and they take over some of their stuff, their land. And one of the commanders is like, I'm going to get it back for you in a duel. And the king is like, no, don't do that. You'll die. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, actually, I have had a double my whole life. They call him a shadow. So like certain, you know, commanders and important soldiers in china had supposedly these 
people who looked exactly like them that they would have them do bidding and secret thief stuff. So there's two of them. And then the whole movie takes this like the yin yang symbol Mm -hmm. and is like everything in this whole movie is black and white, but it's in color. But like the set design of the whole movie is black and white is like a grayscale black and white. Um, And it takes that completely seriously never changes almost everything in the movie is black and white and so it's just this fun fantasy movie that's sort of like ancient fable kind of deal but it's a kung fu movie Mm -hmm. and uh it's this sort of like we got to teach the shadow to do this stuff and then they you know then the sort of like play of like good and evil of them sort of like tricking each other to take each other's life over kind of like is the story right um and then they fight other people, and it's super fun. The choreography is super awesome. There's like all of these inventive weapons of like metal umbrellas that shoot their blades off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun movie. Uh, and then it ends really cool. It starts in the beginning and then ends with the same shot at the end. Uh, and you're like, oh, that's why. It's nothing like special. A yin-yang. Like a yin yang. Um, and I don't know what the real cultural significance of that really is, <laughs> but it is fun to look at. Um, yeah. And I think Yimou's, um, Zhang Yimou's shit is uh, just beautiful. It's always beautiful. Even if the story isn't the best, like Curse the Golden Flower is um, pretty sort of paint by numbers, mm-hmm. but it's gorgeous looking. House of the Flying Dagger is an incredible movie and you should all watch it. But this movie is like sort of somewhere in the middle where the story was fairly interesting. Um if you like a good kung fu movie with really fun choreography, it looks like Dark Souls because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all black and like it's all grayscale yeah. basically, um, except for when they bleed and then it like shoots out like a spray, like bright red. Yeah, it's like has a lot of fun references. If mm-hmm. you're into kung fu movies, it has a lot of fun references to just like the sound of blood spraying is like literally like. Pss. <laughs> um, it's a fun kung fu movie and it's gorgeous and it's well acted. It's well written. Nice, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I watched The Crying Game. <laughs> the Crying Game. Which... Uh, Neil Jordan. You've seen it, right? I have seen it. Yeah. Um, starring Stephen Ray or or Andrew? Is it Andrew or Stephen? Stephen Ray? I, I know it's got Forrest Whitaker in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got Forrest Whitaker in it, very notably because he sucks ass in it. He does suck ass in it, and I don't know why that is. Yeah, Stephen Ray. Or Raya. I think it's Ray. I think it's Ray. Stephen Ray, who was uh, famously married to Dolores Price from the uh, Provisional Irish Republican Army. Uh, oh, really? Who, yeah, yeah, in real life, married to her while they were making this movie. And um, I almost forgot that this was an IRA movie, mm-hmm. and I thought this was the year you're going to stop talking about it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is not that year. Okay. Uh, no. Um, so he was married to Dolores Price, and actually, she went to go see his play the night that they bombed London, Ooh. which is wild. She like literally like her and her team like they went to go plant bombs, and then they went to go see his play. They didn't know each other yet. Wow. Uh, she wants to go see his play, and then the bombs, ex- like, uh, the one bomb exploded and the other ones didn't. Anyways, yeah. the point is, I watched <laughs> The Crying Game uh, uh-huh. after an interaction that we'll get to when we get to movie news, <laughs> but um, I, I'd never seen it before. Fucking weird movie. Very strange. Very strange movie. Uh, the story of it is essentially that Stephen Ray is an IRA guy. He kidnaps Forrest Whitaker, who's a British troop, and uh, they're holding him hostage, and they're saying, like, you got to let some of our political prisoners go or else we're going to murder Forrest Whitaker. The British government says, go ahead and kill Forrest Whitaker. We don't care. He can't act. And (laughs) so then uh, he's going to go kill him, but then he pusses out and Forrest Whitaker runs away. Only get hit by a truck. doesn't really matter. Uh, It's a weird opening because you're like, 
this movie is boring. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, how about a different movie? You know, yeah, like, exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> hey, are you bored of this movie? What if we did a different one? We it, are. It literally feels bored. like they just gave up on the one movie and did another one. Yeah. It no longer matters that he's in the IRA for like the back end of this movie altogether. The mo- the majority of the movie seems to be, if I recall, I mean, I was kind of young when I saw this movie. I was mm-hmm. like 14. Yeah, it's, it's the bulk of the movie. I'd say two thirds of it takes place in London uh, or somewhere in England when he leaves yeah. um, Ireland. But anyways, the point is that uh, Forrest Whitaker dies. He moves to London to go meet Forrest Whitaker's girlfriend. Uh, and so he starts hanging out with her and like slowly courting her. And for not really clear what reason, he just is. And then uh, they start hooking up. And then surprise, she's trans. And that's what the rest of the movie is about, I guess, is him being kind like... Kind of. Isn't it like kind of a non-starter? Like it's like he's like, oh, shit, you're trans. And then it's like, nah, I don't care. And yeah, then, <laughs> sort of. But then, like, <laughs> he's like really distressed about it and then like decides he doesn't care. And but then, then their relationship is never really the same. And it kind of like, it never feels romantic again. It just feels more friendly in nature. And then one of his old right. IRA chums shows up and she's like, I'm going to kill you for not being in the IRA anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the point is, it's not a very good movie. It's I, really, I really was bad disappointed movie. in it because it came on high recommendation overall. I think it mostly has a strong reputation because of being the first movie to like deal very frankly with a trans character in a way that wasn't particularly cartoonish or like it, uh, like uh, outwardly it hostile. It wasn't hostile at all, really. The only hostility you ever have is towards Stephen Ray's character for being like. Hey, come on, fucking get over it, dude. Like, what's your little right, problem? Right. Like, that's really just the whole vibe of the movie is is you're being directed to be like, fucking get over it, you right. know? Or fucking move on, one or the other. And but the- you can't just stay here and be a pain in the ass. <laughs> but the movie is so weird because it's like, I saw that movie so young mm-hmm. because I on the message board where I lived as a kid uh-huh. um i was like man i just saw the sixth sense are there more movies that have twist endings <laughs> <laughs> and i, I like, can't even imagine trying to pitch this movie as like if you love twists you'll love the crying game <laughs> That's truly amazing. <laughs> well, I had like a list of like movies right. that like had cool twists, like Seven and um, I don't know Jacob's Ladder, and I just like rented them off from the library. Is there a twist in Seven? No, not really. But like the surprise, whole, like... it's been a pedophile all along. <laughs> yeah, not really. But like the whole you know thing about the the ending is very yeah, yeah, yeah. cool I mean, the or whatever. In the box or whatever. Yeah. Right. The way he finishes his whole plan is like mm-hmm. kind of a twist, I guess. Uh, yeah, I got to crying game and I was like, what? <laughs> what is this movie? Right. And I guess the twist was that she's trans. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, that movie kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good movie. I honestly wouldn't recommend it. Um, yeah. Watch Interview with a Vampire, which was right after that for him. <laughs> there must be a better movie about the IRA. Because I'm sure there is. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is an unacceptably bad actor in it, though. He sounds like he's trying to do like a Gordon Ramsay impression the whole time. What is Fo- Forrest Whitaker? Is just American? He's American, yeah. Why wouldn't they just get a British guy or an Irish guy? You're much closer. Right. You're much closer. <laughs> just if he just did an Irish accent, you'd fool most people. It's very silly. Anyway, yeah, don't watch it. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. So if you like kung fu, watch Shadows. If you d- like the IRA, if you like the IRA, don't watch. Don't watch the Crying Game. Game. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, on to movie news. On to movie news. First story tonight. I don't know how to intro this exactly, but this is a couple really hard. weeks ago, <laughs> we covered a movie called The Santa Claus, starring one Tim Allen, mm-hmm. Judge Reinhold, and that's it. <laughs> the, or so you would think. You know, so you the, think. the Leonard Malton listing wouldn't have put. <laughs> David, David Crumbles as high as, you know, say, the kid who plays Charlie. Right. But we did mention him as a pro and a good part of the movie yes. that we all we all liked. In any event, one of you little snitches fucking <laughs> tweeted at us about it. And uh, there was a whole little thread about uh, Bernard's beautiful career. And uh, it somehow attracted the actual David Crumbles who plays <laughs> Bernard in The Santa Claus. Yes. To come into the thread to remind us all of his beautiful career and how much work he's done. He is the <laughs> workingest actor of his generation. Listen, folks, I guess I don't know how to respond because on the one hand, yes, I am annoyed that one of you snitched on us. But on the other hand, I'm very amused that we were able to attract David Crumholtz to come in and stand up for himself yeah never do that (laughs) if you are a fan of our show (laughs) do not snitch tag people um but thank you david for if you're listening now for talking to us and telling us about your beautiful career which we did not know about yeah um you're always welcome to come on the show he was in harold and kumar yeah which i did i remember now yeah he was very good um and he and and the the guy from harold and kumar was just on the Bernie Sanders podcast. Um, Cal Penn? Yeah, talking about his uh, his show, Sunnyside. Oh, cool. And He uh, became a politician. He worked for, yeah, he worked for the Obama administration. Right. As, like, his, like, actor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what his job was there, but it was, like, the most embarrassing thing I'd ever seen. It was pretty lame, like, yeah. It's like, dude, you could not have telegraphed more clearly that you've just given up on showbiz. Right. Unless another Harold and Kumar gets made. Yeah. I feel like Cal Penn could have tried harder to be an actor. But anyway, point is, is that David Crumholds hey, and don't did a really good job. Hey, tagging Cal Penn in this. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Cal I Penn. apologize to Cal and your beautiful career. <laughs> <laughs> Cal Penn, we issue an apology in advance of you getting mad about this. Uh, you don't have to because we respect you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks, Bernard. Uh, we liked you in the Santa Claus and all the other things you and were in. And all the other things you were mm-hmm. in that we saw. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, next, also this week. Yeah, next story, the Golden Globes. A, uh, a, you didn't a, watch, right? A grand, tradition a grand tradition that no one ever remembers until the day <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it's uh, really it's really silly because yeah. the grand, the Golden Globes is a thing that no one cares about, no one remembers, no one ever references. Mm-hmm. No one's ever like this movie's going to win a fucking Golden Globe. Yeah. No, you say an Oscar because that's the Os- that's the Oscars. It's, it's the magical night where everyone in Hollywood gets really drunk on television and then gives Lady Gaga an award. <laughs> you remember that? What, what was it last year or the year before where they were like Lady Gaga, you get best supporting actress, best singing. Um, but the Golden Globes is like yeah, it's the lamer, raunchier Oscars. Yes. Um, 
and no one remembers it. No one is looking forward to it. No one's having like Golden Globe parties. I mean, I'm sure some fucking losers some are. Loser but... <laughs> cinephile had a Golden Globes party. If that's one of you, don't fucking snitch tag us to Ricky Gervais, okay? <laughs> Actually, do fuck that guy. I, I want beef with that guy. I have a very complicated relationship with Ricky Gervais because you think he's so funny. Because I think that he, for a time, was the greatest sitcom writer in the world and i think that he's just turned to the dark side in such a major way that's so depressing for so okay this is going to be a sidetrack very momentarily and then we'll get back to the golden globes but like ricky gervais's shows like the office extras and extras are what made me want to write comedy wow like that's what got me into the idea of writing comedy television like that's what made me pick up you know, a screenwriting book the first time and like mm. try to learn how to write a comedy script. Okay. And I, it wasn't like, I didn't want to be the star of a show. I didn't want to be a stand up comedian. I wanted to write a sitcom and that's because of those shows. Mm-hmm. And then to then like go on to find him be like, actually, you know, I identify as an attack helicopter. <laughs> he is a tweet Very from clever. seven months ago. <laughs> it's so depressing. It's, very silly and it's, sad it's a real but it's not bummer. even that like his sort of like new atheist bullshit yeah um is also really cringe he's just an idiot well, and it's like okay that he's an idiot if yeah. you just shut up about it and like write funny shows again he's the perfect embodiment of like that internet atheism to reactionary politics pipeline where like mm-hmm. you start out as well i'm smart because i don't think there's a god yeah. And then you're like, well, if there's no Christian God, there's no Muslim God. Either. Who I also hate. And so now for I no don't reason. like Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason except that they're religious. They're stupid little God. Yeah, if I hate their stupid God. Uh, yeah, I know he sucks, but yes, I think he was a talented writer. Yeah. I don't think he's done anything recently that was very funny. No. Um, um, but I never followed his career. because I, I guess I didn't watch the Office movie. Um, I didn't like Derek... I was never a huge fan. I mean, I never, I never thought he was unfunny, but mm-hmm. like, I, I always found him incredibly annoying as a stand-up. Right. Well, because it's all it. just that sort of shit with like the here's a tweet from three years ago. Yeah. Does it offend you? Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he's so <laughs> smarmy. Yeah, and like the only thing that made him funny was him interacting with people who were funnier, like mm-hmm. Carl Pilkington. Carl Pilkington is a is a gift. Or Louis C.K. Yeah. Like um, the, like him making fun of Louis C.K. for being scared of flying is hysterical. Yes. But it's only because Louis is funny. Mm-hmm. And like him being an asshole to him is funny. But yeah, I just never really cared for him. But in any event, so it was the Golden Globes this week. Ricky Gervais hosted big stories of the night. I would say I would take away from it. Number one is uh, Ricky Gervais making uh, Jeffrey Epstein jokes in the monologue. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of signals two things. One is that, hey, it's pretty cool to put it out there, I guess. But uh, also, it kind of signals that the Epstein didn't kill himself thing is just a meme now. It doesn't mean anything if Ricky Gervais is saying it on TV. <laughs> uh, that means, if anything, that means we're less likely to see any sort of justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, his politics aside like him being like you're all friends with him is like true mm-hmm. but it's like oh so you can just say that and they're sort of like f- make them feel awkward but nothing is gonna happen yeah but we already knew nothing was gonna happen 
Um, so now extra nothing. So happen. now it just feels like, okay, you can just say that as a joke and like mm-hmm. as a super edgy thing to do. And it's like, okay. He got a lot of airplay for the one joke, you know, the where he literally just says Epstein didn't kill himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a second Epstein joke in there that I feel like didn't get the airtime that it deserved, which was something about how uh, Hollywood was too long and by the end of it, by the end of the premiere, DiCaprio's date was too old for him, uh, which is like a pretty good joke. But then the tag to it was like, I mean, even Prince Andrew is looking at you like, come on, mate, you're 50. <laughs> yeah, because Prince underrated, Andrew is a pedophile. Underrated. Underrated joke. <laughs> Didn't get the airplay it deserved. Way better joke than the other one. <laughs> That's a proper fucking tag to a punchline. Beautiful stuff. Ricky, you still got it wow. in you. You can still come back. We'll accept you back. You can do a, um, <laughs> you could do like a Dow thing. You can do yeah. like a Dow. <laughs> do a Dow. Ricky Gervais do a Dow. Um, also, Bong Joon Ho winning things. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho uh, calling uh, out. Um, yeah, the Bong Joon Homie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out Bong Joon Homie. Yeah, he won um, best foreign language film and opened his speech by saying, if you uh, get past the little subtitles, you'll see so many more good movies. Yeah. Like, to, to just, like, open it with that, to just be like, hey, fuck you, it was actually probably the best movie. <laughs> it was definitely the best movie I that was nominated. Yet. I really want Oh, my God, it. you haven't seen Parasite? No. You know, Parasite is a really wild movie, because I, I'm, I talked about this on Twitter this week, I think, actually. When I watched the movie... I understood it as a movie about Korean unification. Mm-hmm. No one has talked about this. Literally, the families in the movie are named Kim and Park. And like, <laughs> one's poor and one's rich. Okay. And it's like, the movie is about North Korea, like, coming back and like, reuniting with its family, South Korea. Mm-hmm. And like, that seems pretty obvious to me. No one has mentioned this. Like, that's I've not so seen a single review that's been like, we should talk about the politics of Parasite. Yeah. I mean, how common are those names, though? Are they like... Considering what happens in the movie, it's hard to imagine that it is an accident. Yeah. Um, or a coincidence. Well, but it's I the don't kind of know. thing that maybe it's like common enough that if you were to like point it out and then get called... Like if you like, it's not the kind of thing you'd want to get caught out on. <laughs> like called racist for exactly. Like, like if like if you're a reviewer, you know, you're your New York Times film review person, and and you're <laughs> out there seeing this movie, and you're like, I feel like that was kind of about Korea. I mean, I'm but sure a I lot don't of people know enough about Korea. <laughs> Like, you're not going to take that risk. That's definitely true. People are not going to take that risk. But I do think it's really interesting that America has loved this movie Mm -hmm. that seems to be very much about... I mean, if you've seen his other films, like Snowpiercer, Mm -hmm. like Bong Joon-ho is kind of a leftist. Yeah, he's, again, (laughs) he is the Bong Joon-ho me. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's pretty interesting that America has just completely embraced him and he's just sort of like quietly tinkering yeah um so okay i love it the other golden globes thing uh before we move on from it is um that oh he also called todd phillips uh a chain smoker and told him that he looked like one hell yeah (laughs) fuck yeah because that brings us to our next thing joker is getting like nominated for shit no and joaquin phoenix fucking won (laughs) for best actor best actor for joker which i did outrageous fuck right off that is just some dumb shit that is some simp bullshit (laughs) if you don't know the lore of generation loss me and jeremy went to see joker and we're like maybe we should do this more often (laughs) 
and Joker was terrible. Yeah. We both hated it. It's bad as a movie. Yeah. This is our, the Joker movie is our version of Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a tragedy that we both experienced. <laughs> that propelled us into this life of vigilante justice, <laughs> where we just kneecap movies from 40 years ago. <laughs> Yes. Dude, that'd be so funny if there was a Batman villain who was just like old as shit. I really want to get to a point where people who directed a movie where no one cared about anymore, we were like, you know, Biodome, that movie sucked and called out the director by name and he got mad at us. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. I can't wait. (laughs) But yeah, Joker should not be winning anything. Like, regardless of its political takes that I think are laughable and childish yeah um even if you want to have a conversation about its importance culturally the movie is dog shit it's really in terms bad. of and writing Joaquin is particularly bad in he, it. it's crazy because i love him in the master i love him in even in the fucking other thomas pynchon pt anderson movie the inherent vice inherent vice yeah thank you uh he's great in that mm-hmm. um i he's, think he's a very he's a fantastic actor. actor oh he's fucking great in uh lynn ramsey's movie uh you were never really here that movie's incredible yeah you brought that up uh when we were talking about joker even yeah like and so he's, him getting he's a very talented actor, but he clearly didn't do that much Phoned for this, this movie, one in, yeah. <laughs> except lose a lot of weight. I wonder how mad he is that he's getting recognized for this movie. I like, know. do you think he is like, okay, I didn't really deserve it for this one? <laughs> it's like if you started giving Ruffalo awards when he started being the fucking the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, come on. Anyway, the Golden Globes are a sham, and so are the Oscars. Yeah, it fucking <laughs> uh, sucks. Uh, so okay, final story of of movie news. You yep. you pulled this one up. I did. Uh, discuss uh, the Hollywood Reporter reported that Warner Brothers signed a deal for an AI driven film management system, which will help decision making for greenlighting certain films. An AI system can access an actor's value in any territory and how much of a film is expected to earn in theaters. Okay, so what I'm gathering from this is it's kind of like. It's it's doing some sort of like a, a geographic sort of breakdown of like kind of a thing that comes up a lot when people talk about action movies and like how much worse action movies are getting in oh, yeah. modern times is like the Chinese market, right? And mm-hmm. like who is appealing to the Chinese market, what is appealing to the Chinese market. So what I'm gathering from this AI thing is that it has a lot to do with kind of like cross-referencing that with like projected value of an actor is that like what's happening with that's definitely part of it um but i think i think it's also um about the type of movie it is Mm -hmm. um who's in it who's directing it the system can calculate in seconds what used to take days to assess by a human when it comes to general film package evaluation or a star's worth it's like do they like godzilla Uh, It says the platform is particularly helpful in the festival setting where studios get caught in bidding wars and plunk down massive sums after only hours of assessment, as happened with New Line's $15 million acquisition of Blinded by the Light out of last year's Sundance Film Festival. This that that Bruce Springsteen movie. Yeah, the uh, Bend It Like Beckham person, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the AI's insight might also have altered decision-making on some of Warner's misfires from 2019, such as The Kitchen, Shaft, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Woof. Um, so basically, it's saying that there's not going to be any creativity. Yeah. There's not going to be any sort of, is this movie good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, 
should does this actor does this genre does this type of movie do well in yeah. these markets has it done historically will we make money on this hmm. and then we'll just do it here's here's the thing is this is like there's two ways to approach this right there's the question of will this destroy create creativity and make worse movies and there's the question of what will this do to the film industry in terms of like you know, the sentence that stuck out to me in that was this used to take days. Now it will take minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like labor being lost to Mm -hmm. this AI. And my hot take is that this is good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How is it good? (laughs) Because if there's (laughs) anything the past like decade of film has taught us, it's that these people aren't doing it anymore. They don't know how. These people don't know how to do it. They even if they have some sort of like stupid folk wisdom that they're still basing this on by like, like even if it's like some fucking foghorn leghorn shit where this movie executive's <laughs> walking out into his backyard and like throwing an acorn and seeing how far <laughs> it goes. And if it lands by the old oak tree, then that means that we make a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and if it lands by the old fence, that means we remake a 1970s exploitation film. You know, like... Whatever it is that they're doing, it sure as shit is not working. There's no good movies anymore. It's very rare that a big movie is any fucking good anymore. Has there ever been one in this decade? I mean, the the best big movie I can think of is um, The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, horror is a different story. Either way, it's like these movies, like, it's becoming increasingly rare for, for big studios to make anything fucking good at all. Right. And honestly, fuck it. You know, you guys have had it too good for too long. Uh, the fucking McDonald's has kiosks. Now you get a fucking kiosk, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a fair take, honestly. Like, I think the problem is, is that, like, probably result in even more of the same because it will be programmed by, like, well, Avatar made a billion dollars and the Avengers 6 made mm-hmm. a billion dollars. So these are the goals and like that that will be the calculation i think it will be very i mean we might see flukes because ai is like that i i think it could definitely after a while start going wonky they might just stop using it mm-hmm. or it could just like reinforce like racist stuff being yeah. like well the computer said denzel doesn't sell in china so we can't <laughs> be in a movie or whatever <laughs> like it could do bad things that's kind of how ai works but like it can also do really funny things yeah <laughs> so sure i don't care i don't care what warner brothers is doing is kind of my take yeah it's like the best case scenario is something really funny and interesting happens the worst case scenario is everything stays exactly the same yeah we just get another batman movie yeah shocker like <laughs> so yeah, it's like fucking ai is just like beep boop we do dc <laughs> cinematic universe i knew it <laughs> gold <laughs> beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep. what if we make space jam again <laughs> it is about fucking time genius <laughs> It is about time for Swamp Thing to return. <laughs> hey, who should we get to direct Swamp Thing? Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Uh, white man. <laughs> David Fincher's like, yes. <laughs> but which white man? Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Whatever. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Uh, movie bot's fun. <laughs> you all look the same to me. <laughs> you laugh because I'm different. I laugh because you will all die. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. On to, on to the show. The, the real show. <laughs> all right. This week we watched a movie by Clint Eastwood called American Sniper. Woo! Whew, this movie was a lot. Else, it yeah. was So, had you ever seen this before? No, had you? No. Okay. I Okay, so this movie came out in 2014, which feels like a different life, a different world as we all know. The we are is, all in sort of I don't think it a does. Weird time. That's what's crazy. Do you like, remember feeling like at 2014 this movie came out and everyone was sort of like, "Yep." Yeah, I remember War. just moving past it. Like I remember seeing it at the Academy Awards and being like, "Well, I'm not going to look into whatever the fuck that is." <laughs> like I remember being really bored by it. Uh, I remember by just the very idea. I remember sh- being shocked mm-hmm. because I, at this point, had decided that Clint Eastwood was a a conservative reactionary. Yeah, and. I saw the trailers for this movie. I was like, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie in a theater and being like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, this is over the top propaganda and no one caring. Yeah. Like, people are like, what do you mean troops? And that feels like a different time to me because I feel like nowadays, even the sort of most limp wristed, mm-hmm. moderate democratic voter would be like yeah that's crazy right like this is they're walking around with punisher shit on their sh- anyway we're gonna get into the movie yeah but this movie feels to me like it came out in a time where you could just be super pro-war and pro-america uh and you would get an oscar nomination out of it and i'm yeah. not sure that would happen nowadays um so i should we just recap the movie real quick? Yeah, so really quick, uh, American Sniper is the story of Chris Kyle, the American Sniper. <laughs> a real guy. <laughs> a real guy who... Uh, Honestly, I didn't really know that. I know there was a little while where I was watching. I have a note somewhere in here that just says, is this a real guy? <laughs> um, but at yep. the beginning, it's, um, you know, we open on him in uh, in Iraq on a rooftop, uh, sniping a child Cool. And then they're like, cut away to his childhood, where he is a white Protestant who grows up in America, and mm-hmm. he has like an idyllic life with like a, a perfect family, and they go to church, and like his parents are together, and then he becomes a rodeo boy. And uh, well, he his dad teaches him hunting. Yeah, he learns how to ride a radio, rodeo horse, and then he goes and joins the rodeo. He breaks up with a girlfriend because he's too committed to the fucking rodeo. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, that's true. <laughs> and then that doesn't matter anymore, and we move on. And mm-hmm. um, he sees uh, a bombing of a U.S. embassy, and he decides to join the military. Then he sees nine eleven, and he decides to become a sniper. And then he goes to Iraq, where he snipes for a long time, does a real good job sniping, and then comes back. Dude, there's the so much sniping in this movie. There's so much sniping. Um, it's all sniping, basically, which honestly rules. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to get it out of the way before we start this. Sniping is the funnest thing to do in a video game. Yep. I love being a sniper in a video game. Mm-hmm. And as a concept, if you're talking about war, it's cool. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks cool. 
It's very fun. And that this movie is sort of based on the idea that everyone kind of understands that running around, being a grunt, getting shot at, scary, not fun, not valorous, mm-hmm. but being a sniper is pretty fucking sick. It's cool because it's got... And this movie can't even help being like, isn't it sick when the enemy kills people too? This like enemy sniper? Uh-huh. It's also cool. Because the thing about it is I think that sniping is somehow tied up in like weird... Uh, like fetus stuff because i think there's something what? in the idea of being <laughs> this is some like conian shit it's it's something about being like hidden away in a uh-huh. little space where you're away from everybody else and nobody okay. can see you and like you're doing the like you're still helping but you're in your little safe space right you know it's definitely there's something about it that's very comforting yeah i think there's also a lot of feeling of like sort of sort of playing the game of war where you're like kind of a god of it where mm-hmm. it's like you are not even you can't even be seen you're some sort of magical there's a certain certain sense of like magic to it yeah where you're like a wizard who's like invisible and just fucking ending people's lives and people are like where did that come from yeah there's even like a part of the movie where some dead body just falls from the sky and someone's yeah. like what the fuck and then they're like yeah it's the sniper pretty cool huh yeah and then it like it's like chris kyle up there just like nice yeah which honestly sick sick like cool stuff yeah not terrible I'm not going to say it's good, but it is rad. It is rad. And there are some things in this movie, very few actually, way less than you'd think, that are pretty cool Mm. Um, as a war movie, as a video game sort of like shooter. Yeah. Um, But so few. (laughs) This movie is two, almost two and a half hours long, and there's so few parts where you're just like, cool. You don't even say cool. You're it mostly like oh, such a long time to it. become fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess first thoughts. I don't know like where to even begin with it except to say that it is so fucking funny to me <laughs> that the big like emotional catalyst for him to like take his military art seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz he was kind of like dilly-dallying about at the beginning he like he goes to boot camp he gets like ripped on for being old and whatever he's 30 Uh, he's 30 when he joins the military which is fucking crazy weird people shit he was definitely trying to get away from that girlfriend yeah um that's my doctor growing up did that he went he shipped off to iraq to get away from his wife really yeah because he just didn't have the balls to like go through regular divorce he he didn't have balls to just kill himself If you join, uh, if you think about joining the military, just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be much quicker. Yeah. Anyway, um, and you won't ruin other people's lives. So he, yeah, it's it's funny to me that so he he he's in the military, he's going through boot camp or whatever, and then when he decides to become like a like an elite Navy SEAL is mm-hmm. when he sees 9-11 happen on TV, right? And he's like, well, shit yes. just got real for me, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go take this fucking serious now. Mm-hmm. But then he's never in Afghanistan once. Where is he? He's in Iraq. Oh, right. Yeah, he's in movie. Iraq. Yeah, He's never not in Iraq. This whole movie is about <laughs> the like patriotic do-gooding of Chris Kyle in the country we never should have been at war with, and not even Republicans don't think that now. <laughs> That's what's so funny about this yeah. movie is that the whole thing is in the joke war. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible, stupid war where we murdered civilians yeah. for no reason. We are the bad guy and nobody doesn't think it Everyone anymore. <laughs> thinks that we're the bad guy. Yeah. But I mean, even and then if you're 
have any understanding of history or what really happened, no one thinks Afghanistan is where you should have been either. Like no. Saudi Arabia did 9-11. Yeah. That's the fact. <laughs> and like maybe it seems like Bin like Laden was involved. There. And like, yeah, like, Afghanistan was, you know, Al-Qaeda was involved. Yeah. Maybe. There was but like, like sheltering there's not a lot of evidence. There. There's like reason to... Like if you're in the in the realm of people who think that a military response was what we needed to do to begin with, which we're not, like, or I'm not at least. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are that kind of person, there is like an argument to be made that there were people there who were involved, and like at the very least, like a police response type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But Iraq, there's not even the slightest bit of a possible justification for <laughs> anything we did there. Right. But this movie thinks there is. This movie thinks it's so sick that he was there. And wow, we're so glad we had Chris Kyle Four on the times. job. <laughs> Four tours. So let's go um, just through our notes, I guess. We'll kind of just... So yeah, the, the movie, so... basically what we're trying to say is the movie is insane fucking pro-war, pro-America propaganda that mm-hmm. everything we've ever done, every civilian we've ever murdered is good actually it's fine to just kill children and babies if you have to when you're occupying a fucking country that yeah. hasn't done anything to you like politically it's a nazi movie so i was trying to go through old reddit threads about the movie okay interesting because i was like what was like what were people saying about this when it came out right and it seems like a lot of people are kind of on our side of it saying like this is just like propaganda this is insane like how pro war this is um, and the thing that people will often point to is the fact that it's it's exclusively told from an American perspective. Oh, There's sure. never even a moment where they consider the humanity of the Iraqi people. That's just never, that's never thought. Well, of it's like <laughs> there is a one moment in the movie actually where there's like, okay, well maybe this guy is nice, and then he turns out to be like a guy who uh, turns on them and kills. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh. oh, just always never re- mind, never mind. Actually, they're all monsters. Yeah, actually, no, they're all savages. <laughs> But yeah, the point is that like any moment that there is to explore somebody's humanity is either reneged completely or just not explored even the slightest bit, right? right? Mostly not at all. And so people will bring that up and then somebody will say, but this is somebody's life story, right? You're telling a life story based on somebody's book. Obviously, it's going to be one-sided because it's told from their perspective. I guess that's an argument. <laughs> I guess that's an argument, yeah, that... that you as a filmmaker actually aren't allowed to engage with the work that you're adapting. <laughs> you don't have to have any commentary on it. You're just hitting film and reading the book. Yep. I mean, I think it's it's not an argument, really. It's just like, you, you know, you can't just take this guy's single perspective as a rah-rah Nazi for American hege- hegemony yeah. and just be like, hey, that's the movie. So, but that's I wanted to make that movie, and it's not my fault that it is his perspective. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it is your fault you made the movie. It's your fault you made the movie, and it's your fault that you left literally everything unexamined. Yeah. Because well, even no. if you're doing his life story, like you have to kind of pick one or the other, right? You right. can either do the... like. Okay, so there's a moment really early on. I think it's like the first scene when he's like up on the rooftop with the gun looking at the child who he's about to shoot. And his partner, like, gets some dirt in his mouth. And he goes, yeah. even the dirt here tastes like dog shit. Yeah. And then that just passes. Again, unexamined, never spoken of again. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, you have to, like, if you're adapting his story, <laughs> like, 
I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to express this, but it's like you can't just let a line like that go and that's it. Like yeah. that... <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, like, it's, no, hundred percent. Like, these are it, like it's a racist movie. It's a racist movie. It, like if you don't have somebody later, like it, it you have to fictionalize it, or... it to the point where like that guy later has to learn yeah. that you know he was wrong. But the problem, <laughs> the problem with that argument is that the movie itself admits that fifty percent of this shit is just completely made up. Yes, like it is a fictionalized version of Chris Kyle's life. So that's what I'm kind of getting at, right? Is it's <laughs> like you have to choose either you play it straight and it's his life story, and you don't add in little things like even the dirt tastes like dog yeah, shit. Yeah, it has or to be in the book. That's in he- there. <laughs> You can't write that in and be yeah. like, hey, it's his life story. <laughs> <laughs> and the fictionalized thing later has to be that somebody is like, hey, you know, like not all Iraqis taste like dog shit or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need to have a comeuppance for that or else what you're telling the viewer is the dirt is dog shit and everything is dog shit and Iraq is a shithole. That's this right. place sucks. That is That's the, the message, message of, of the movie. movie. <laughs> and that they should all, they really basically everyone who lives there deserves to die, even the children and women. And they say that. They say really <laughs> early on there. And this was one of my favorite Reddit comments I saw was, uh, He's like, um, he's like, yeah. So they're they're only showing you know these Iraqi people as like as monsters, and then somebody's like, yeah, but then like the the sergeant is like, the city's been evacuated, and so anybody here is here to kill you. Yes, that and comes you're like, up well, that multi- th- that's fine to just take at face value. <laughs> that comes up multiple times and is fucking insane. Yeah, like that. It it's mind boggling that you could say. We are now occupying a city, a whole city with hundreds of thousands of people in here. And if you say fuck Americans that are just telling me to leave my whole city, I'm staying here. You are just legally allowed to be murdered. Yeah. Like that's nuts. And anyone dumb enough who believes that on the ground there deserves to die. And I'm talking about American soldiers. <laughs> That's insane. And I feel like most people don't. Like, I, I feel like most people nowadays understand, unless you're actively in the military now, mm. that that was bad. The fact that you can just say, this is our place now because you <laughs> 3,000 people in New York died. Yeah. The place where liberals and Jews live that you hate... <laughs> <laughs> that you think is so important to defend for some reason now all of a sudden because brown people did it uh you can just murder civilians which happens a bunch in this movie it happens so much and and again let's take 9-11 off the table because again this takes place in iraq this is <laughs> yeah. not about 9-11 it's not about this 9/11. is now just about we're there to build a nation and whatever yeah. like we're there to dick we're around because oil. bush wanted us there so really, the justification that's given for all these murders is that they were going to hurt U.S. soldiers, right? That's how Chris Kyle will justify this all the time is when people ask yep. him, do you regret any of your kills? And he'll say, no, I was protecting my boys. Well, you were protecting them. Like the, the re- <laughs> like the reason these people are, the first scene is he shoots a kid because the kid has a grenade. But the kid only has a grenade because you showed up with an army to <laughs> fucking take over his country. Yeah, you are on the wrong side You're of this. the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are the bad guy. That's the, the, it's hard not to shout it at the screen the whole movie. You're like, you're the bad guy though. Like, 
how do you not know that you have a skull on your shirt? <laughs> like it's the fucking Mitchell and Webb it's look literally sketch. The, are we the baddies? Sketch. Are we the? Yeah, I don't know how else. It's like so fucking bare bones. Let's take a break for a second and talk about from from politics uh, and talk about the beginning of this movie. Yeah, because I had a I had a few points I wanted to talk about. Uh, one, uh, this movie hates women, mm-hmm. just seething hatred, mm-hmm. because the first time the only woman in the movie is his wife who you meet wearing leather pants at a bar alone yeah and she is just there alone not drinking and angry that anyone's hitting on her (laughs) yeah um and then he comes up to her and says i think you're getting hit on because of the way you're dressed (laughs) basically and then she's like what do you do for a living how should i dress and he's like i don't know whatever and then (laughs) i didn't think this far (laughs) i didn't think this far and then she's like yeah and then she's like i hate marines i hate army people i don't fucking trust military people and then he charms her with his assholery into getting her drunk well what it specifically is is he's like i'm in the military and she's like cool i hate the military And he's like but i'm a navy seal thinking that that's gonna be like cool yeah and she's like oh my sister dated a navy seal he sucked <laughs> i don't like navy fucking seals yeah later and he's like oh so you think it's fucking lame that i love my fucking country <laughs> and she's like oh, did you say you love your country <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, shit. I did not think about that that way. That's, All right, what, I'll have a that's what wins her over. Yeah. And being like, I actually love my fucking country. Yeah. And she's just, uh, she is just, oh, I'll, I lied. Actually, the first woman you see in this movie is his ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. who. Well, the first first woman you see in the movie oh, is, is the mom. Iraqi woman with the child. Oh, right. Sorry. Then you see his mother who. Is nothing. Is nothing. She just balks at the dad a few times while Um, the dad delivers the thesis of the movie right which is there's dick pussies and assholes yeah he does the pussies and assholes (laughs) monologue but his is that there's i wrote it down there's sheep there's sheep dogs and there's wolves we'll get to that but i wanted to mention that this movie once you get to the wife right their Mm -hmm. whole relationship is him telling her what to do um telling her what he's gonna do and then her having no other character yeah. besides being there and loving him. She like, he calls her on the phone and she's just sitting there in pajamas, like looking at the wall. <laughs> like she's not doing anything. Like not even at the grocery store. No, or something. she doesn't do anything. She doesn't have a job. Yeah. It's never explained what she's been doing. Like literally every time he ca- she calls her, she's either literally in the dark staring at nothing mm-hmm. or at the doctor because she's pregnant like carrying his children and that's it and that's the whole character yeah it's wild it's just yeah it's wild how little this movie cares about anything except what's happening with chris kyle right in a very linear sense because the, <laughs> the thing too is that like just on a fundamental like movie making level the movie falls into a, a serious trap that that biopics tend to, where it doesn't feel like a story ever. Because it just moves, because and moves it's just and the, the events yeah. of somebody's life, you mm-hmm. know, and and somebody's life doesn't have an arc, you know, except yeah. for you know, age, I guess, is kind of an arc. But otherwise, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's just nothing happens. It's just he joins the military, then he's in the military for a while, and then he mm-hmm. comes home, you yeah. know. 
So she has nothing to do. She doesn't have a character. She's not an actress. She's nothing. She's yeah. a mannequin for the and and a lot of people in this movie also are that. Um, but at least they have some sort of like basic personality, like kind their of. paper cutouts of people. He's but got like, like his best friend, who's just for some reason always sitting next to him while he's shooting. Yeah, it's like not clear what his job well, he's is. Like he's supposed just to in be a, a chair. Yeah, he's like supposed to be the spotter. Like, I guess, like but if he's you watch, so good that he yeah, he doesn't even need it. he doesn't even need it. Chris Kyle is so cool. He's so cool, <laughs> hot. Very attractive. Very attractive guy. And charming and strong. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, another thing from the beginning of the movie, two things from the beginning of the movie before we move on from it. One is that uh, when he's in boot camp, love that. Because frankly, I love any chance to get a drill sergeant into a military movie because (laughs) drill sergeants are always roasting at such a high level that's just like unbelievable that they're coming up with it off the dome. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're like, but if your job was to roast people all the time, you'd be pretty good at it too. You know, he's got a Mm -hmm. lot of volume. He can reuse jokes between platoons. And also, you're not allowed to talk back, so he probably gets to like workshop a joke over and over again. (laughs) But either way, the point is, drill sergeant always got primo roast jokes and it's always really fun because it's a troop that he's roasting (laughs) yeah uh so the other thing i wanted to mention at the beginning of the movie was i don't think i've ever there's the one of the opening scenes basically the second scene in the movie is his chris kyle's as a child and his dad teaching him to hunt Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i've ever really seen a movie set in like the late 90s early 2000s where he's a kid i guess he's old he's mid 90s yeah and he's just like they're southerners and mm-hmm. it feels really southern and having like spent my high school and college in north carolina it was like wow i've never really seen like real southern people in a like big movie because this movie made so much money yeah this movie was is currently the highest grossing war movie of all time really yes it w- it was the second highest grossing movie of 2014 period whoa only after transformers 3 or whatever wow so and nobody in china saw this no <laughs> this movie is huge with a lot of people yeah. because i really think and this is sort of like a sort of small opinion i wanted to talk about right up right up in the front of it because i think what this movie resonates with people is a specific story, which is a lot of poor people in America have someone who's in the military Mm -hmm. and there's, he's a Southern guy. I mean, he's from Texas, but it's like sort of like kind of, there's a camaraderie there with Southerners. Yeah. Um, it's a little more complicated than you might expect if you're not from the South. Yeah, but, no, I mean, I understand Texas has yeah. kind of its own thing going on. Yeah. It's yeah. Like its own country. And he's a rodeo guy. Like he's really Southern. Yeah. Um, and it feels very realistic in and not mocking at all. Mm-hmm. And you rarely ever see that. And I think just from the very beginning, him wearing like that fucking fitted cap backwards yeah. and like hunting and being a cowboy, it's just like made for every guy I knew growing up in yeah. high school. Well, the and thing is, like, it, it feels very lived in. Yeah. Like everything in the movie does feel very like... It doesn't start to feel unrealistic for a while in yeah. terms of how the movie works. Like, it all feels like it really happens because it's somebody's life and it's the parts of his life that why would he embellish? Why would he embellish the story of his girlfriend cheating on him while he's at the road? Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
uh, and the only thing that feels fake as shit in that whole part is when he's out hunting with his dad and his dad goes like you're gonna be a great shot one yeah, day yeah that's so stupid to camera <laughs> but everything else where he's like don't ever fucking leave your rifle on the ground and yeah. like talking t- teaching him how to hunt and stuff it was like mm-hmm. pretty good and i was like just thinking like there really really fucking has to be a movie for these people about class consciousness. Like I yeah. want to see them represented in a movie about NASCAR, about Walmart and like how much it fucking sucks to work at a mechanic that, you know what that I'm saying? Also like does well, or like, yeah, that is about them. Like poor people in this country. I guess like winter's bone is kind of like that. Oh yeah. And I think that was really successful winter's bone is for great. that reason. Yeah. But it isn't Although that it's uh, also like, uh, isn't it's, that Michigan? Or it's something? Missouri. It's like rural Missouri. So it's like kind of in that blendy area. Yeah. Midwestern. Midwest yeah. and South. Yeah. And even that, like just poor people movies, like mm-hmm. very rarely ever happen. Yeah. So it was cool. And the one thing I will give this movie is that they really hit being poor pretty nicely mm-hmm. like he he didn't seem like a rich guy he wasn't like living in a wildly huge house for no reason because yeah. that's always especially in like sitcoms and shit it's just always like oh these people are poor they live in an enormous apartment in new york city or whatever right. like they clint eastwood really understands that like his audience wants it to be realistic right and it was um yeah and then him getting cucked is hilarious him getting cucked is very funny because isn't that a thing that like never happens like has anyone ever really walked into a house into the someone's bedroom yeah and, and, like, then, the, and girlfriend then the girlfriend fucking... like literally says honey you said you wouldn't be home for an hour yeah. <laughs> i did this for attention <laughs> fuck yeah that. it's a lot of the a lot of the dialogue is like very lazy yeah so um, bad and uh but yeah so the the big centerpiece of this beginning chunk though i think is the is the conversation with the father where he says like the world breaks down into uh sheep sheep dogs and wolves and it's essentially saying like you're not a sheep or you don't want to be a sheep and if you're not a sheep you want to either be the sheep dog or the wolf right no no but you don't want he was like if you don't want to be a sheep but that means you're going to be either a sheepdog or a wolf. You want to be a sheepdog. You don't want to be a wolf. Exactly. Because he was basically saying there are fucking assholes who are just going... They're just predators. Mm -hmm. There's fucking terrible people who will fuck you over. And then there's pussies who won't... Can't protect themselves. You know, they're cowards or whatever. And then there's people who protect the pussies. Yes. And And so the the movie is about him trying to be... Yeah. It's about him trying to be the... The, 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 the sheepdog, sheep right? And But what I wanted to talk about is like, who to Clint Eastwood and to this movie do you think is the sheep and who is the wolves? So I think to Chris Kyle. Like, to Chris, yeah. So and to, to, to Clint movie, Eastwood. To Chris Kyle. To Clint, like, they all agree that the sheep are Americans mm-hmm. and the wolves are every single person in Iraq. <laughs> So that's what I was going to ask is like, do you think that like, (laughs) like, cause it it does kind of fit into kind of the idea of how America sees itself Mm -hmm. in foreign policy where as the sheepdog, as the the sheepdog of the world and the sheep are the, are just the bog standard Muslims. And then the wolves are these kind of, you know, uh, radicalizing forces. Okay. And so I think that in a lot of ways, like Americans like to see themselves as, still being the good guy in all this. Of course. And especially so, in 2014. Like I think it's it's definitely in the end he does kind of tip his hand and show that he thinks that every Iraqi is a wolf. 
Oh, yeah. But I think that he thinks that he was protecting the sheep over there, too. But also, weirdly enough, he seems to think Marines are sheep, too. Right. Because <laughs> another big thing that happens in this movie He's a lot is protecting. that the Marines are useless and only the Navy SEAL can save them. <laughs> He's just protecting everyone. <laughs> He's just a big protector guy. Yeah. He doesn't care who it is. Everyone's a Except sheep. Except if it's his wife, then he's not there. Everyone's a sheep. And if he if you look evil to him, which means brown and being in Iraq, unless you're a literal child, and even then, he'll probably kill you. <laughs> but like, if you pick up a gun and you're brown, you're a, sh- you're a wolf. That's, that's his definition. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because there's... So he's over there four times. There's like big long scenes of uh, sequences in the movie where he's in Iraq and then like real short ones where he comes back and he's home and he's like more and more PTSD'd. Mm-hmm. There's very long sequences. This movie's broken up into very long sequences of him in Iraq, four tours, right? So four big long chunks of him in Iraq and then him, very short chunks of him back home with his wife. Um, and the first, and all the, the first Iraq chunk is you know the funnest where he's sort of like figuring out how good he is yeah at like sniping and like everyone's sort of like finding like he earns his name the legend yeah um (laughs) and uh every subsequent iraq tour is worse because it's just like by the third one i don't even remember what happens like he's sort of just still looking so you establish in the first one there's this guy named the butcher yes the butcher is a made-up character, completely invented. Completely which invented. I understand why they did it. They had to. There's no choice in the matter. Like, there's no other way to make this a story. <laughs> I I understand that they could make an an invented guy who is like, okay, we had to chase down this guy because he's the leader of the terrorists. Right. They did not have to make him wearing a leather trench coat all black like he's literally wearing a black keffier and a black turban yeah he looks like muslim morpheus yes it's (laughs) fucking insane and he his his weapon of choice is a electric drill they say that in the movie oh yeah where he like he's like what he likes to torture people with is a drill is that the same guy yeah that's the butcher so that's the sniper no the sniper is mustafa Oh. Sniper's a different guy. They make up this this other character who is the guy they're trying to get. So, so Mustafa is a un, is an enemy sniper. He's a uh, working with the uh, Al Qaeda, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he's help, he's protecting the butcher. Um, and the butcher is a guy who's in black leather, <laughs> uh, and he's an ostensibly an Iraqi guy, and he like literally tortures children with a power drill in this movie it's nuts it's completely made up but it's just like look at how evil these terrorists are right well let's make up a person do you remember like (laughs) shit that people would spread around during that time period like i remember it was shit like that there was like a picture of a wood chipper that would float around where they'd be like They'd be like, it doesn't, the the caption was something like, it doesn't matter if there's weapons of mass destruction when their president throws people through this. (laughs) 
and you're like, that's what? just from Fargo. Yeah, <laughs> like a living person. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not how anything works. Throws them feet first. Yeah, living. They're just making up torture stuff that yeah. like doesn't even make any sense. Like even in Fargo, you had to chop them up first. Anyway, so he's <laughs> he he's this um just evil guy who they don't ever explain why because i guess it's supposed to be from chris kyle's perspective so they don't tell their fucking grunts like what the larger strategy is it's just like right. here's a bad guy we need him dead kill him chris yeah and he's like okay boss because i'm a little cum slut and i just do whatever the fucking american government tells me because i love like, daddy to use my body it's these weird excuses that they come up with to not investigate anything to yeah. not do anything with this movie is to be like, well, we were telling Chris Kyle's story. It's like, <laughs> fucking Silence of the Lambs is kind of Ed Gein's story, <laughs> you know? But, like, a fucking filmmaker yeah, doesn't takes just... elements of the story, mixes it with elements of other stories to make what we call a movie. <laughs> you Dude, fucking I would asshole. <laughs> actually love to see a shot-for-shot, shot, like, faithful movie of Ed Gein's life. <laughs> they tried. They, there's one that, like, sucks ass. Yeah, no, I mean a good one. Um, anyway, so... I was thinking it would be funny if they made a shot-for-shot shot of American Sniper, but with the sniper from Team Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cartoon? He's the yeah. only cartoon? It's like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Exactly, everyone else is real. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, like, tanking bullets because you can't be killed. Oh, but then, like, but, like, in... Um, <laughs> In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when he's off duty, when he goes home to his wife, it's like Toontown. <laughs> so he's in Australia. It's cartoon Australia. He's <laughs> just like riding on a kangaroo. Yeah, he's driving around in his little Jeep thing, just like sniping's a good job, mate. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. So. So yeah. So the the so, butcher. And, so yeah. Um, and the first one they set up the butcher as a guy that they're trying to get, and then the, every subsequent one is just them chasing this guy down. Yes. And, and it's, he they, like he keeps escaping, but they also introduce that there's this other sniper called Mustafa, mm-hmm. and he was in the Olympics. I, I'm guessing yeah, for sniping. For sniping, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's whatever. For, for, man. Some marks. There is marksmanships in in Olympics, but I guess whatever. Point is, he was in the Olympics. He's from Syria, which is mentioned, and there's like a little like, like yeah. Syria, as if to be um, like modern day everybody, right? Um, he's actually from Syria, but he's just helping out the uh, Al Qaeda or whatever. The my favorite thing about Mustafa is that like Chris Kyle hears about him. And then he is like his rival and he's in every scene where he like comes across him. He shoots his friend and he's like the the enemy bad guy. But even in the fiction of the movie, Chris Kyle has never seen this person. Yeah. He has no evidence that he exists. Mm-hmm. He has no evidence that it's all the same sniper. It's all the same guy. Like, no reason to believe it. No, <laughs> there's literally no reason to, for him to think that. And in the, in the book, in American Sniper, which I did not read or anything, I just was looking this up. It's he just says he heard about him. He's not. Yeah, he, it's it, not. It's just completely and it's like fictional. Very briefly mentioned, and that's it. Right, but there's no actual like conflict with this guy. Like they don't even write a fictional like meeting where they like, you know, there's no fleshing out of their competition or yeah. there. It's just like there's a guy who's brown and he's also good at sniping because Chris Kyle doesn't interact with anybody in this movie. Yeah, really. He has no relationships. He has no anything. He like, has no emotions. He just is a fucking killer. That's his whole thing in this movie. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about, too, is 
so one of the quotes I saw around this is Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood both have referred to this as an explicitly anti-war movie. Yeah, shocking. Which is... Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> In what way? So How? I, I was trying to view it through that lens where I'm like, where do they see this? Like, how do they justify this to themselves as an anti-war movie? And the only thing I can really think of is that they see the cost of war exclusively from an American perspective. Right, as the white people are sad because they had to kill people. Exactly. Like, they they see the cost of war as dead American soldiers and shell-shocked American soldiers. Yep. Which makes this not an anti-war movie at all. It's a pro-soldier movie. It's a pro-drone movie. Yeah. Is what it <laughs> That's is. That's true. This is, a, this is a movie that is so of its time because this is a movie about the cost of war on American soldiers. Yeah. And that's what the Obama administration tried to justify this drone warfare with. Was mm-hmm. essentially saying, like, this won't happen anymore. Yeah. We won't have good old boys coming home staring at blank TVs, <laughs> you know, hearing children scream. We won't lose Chris Kyle if we just send drones. Right. Chris Kyle can be droning. And that's essentially what sniping is, right? Is it's, it's low grade halfway sniping. between yeah. a drone and a and a grunt. Right. Which is why it's cool and drones suck. Because <laughs> it's halfway. Yeah, it's halfway. And it's a fixed point. If you're literally sitting in a fucking cubicle with an Xbox three sixty controller like halfway looking at porn, yeah. like it's not at school. <laughs> you're just a gamer. Who murders, cool. who murders people. Gaming no, is it cool. isn't. <laughs> Games are cool. Being a gamer sucks. That's, That's my- <laughs> true. He never says the N-word in this, which I found surprising. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Also hilarious because they, they say the slur for Iraqi people all the time. All the time. I'm going to say it because I think most people don't know what it is. But if you met, if you've ever met a soldier especially during this time period, they call people in Iraq and Afghanistan hajis, mm-hmm. which is sort of the Vietnam Vietnam Charlie right. thing where it's like, it was a reference, I think, to Johnny Quest, which yeah. is a really weird one because that's not very popular of a show. Right. <laughs> Even at the time, it wasn't very popular. But like, I guess the kids who grew up, that was the only brown person they could know because he's also supposed to be Indian, I think. But whatever. Point is, is that they call them hajis. Which is wildly racist yeah. and definitely was something I would consider a slur. I think everyone considers it a slur. Yeah. Um, but they say it all the time. But also what they call them is saying in words. Mm-hmm. And they never say that in this movie. Yeah. And I guess that's like a, a bridge too far f- right. from realism where it's like, well, we can't have our white, all almost all white soldiers calling the brown Iraqis that they're murdering the n-word right like <laughs> well, that that's too far for you yeah there's a couple of funny things that the movie finds to be too far and that's that's one of them and the other one is like i guess at the end when the so the end of the chris kyle story is that after he finishes his his duty in iraq he comes home and uh in order to get past his PTSD, he kind of starts to like mentor other vets and like hang out with them and like who've finds, been physically he, wounded. Yeah, and he finds like a community among them and he starts to get over it. And then one of the guys who he takes out to a shooting range to like hang out with him ends up shooting him. Yes, and that's the end of the movie. Is is 
<laughs> the end of the movie is actually um, the funniest part of the movie. So hysterical because they like if you I've, I was reading the Wikipedia because like we said at the beginning, both me and Jeremy were like, is this even a real guy? Yeah. But as I was watching the movie, I was reading Chris Kyle's Wikipedia and I was like, oh, he dies. Must have been died in combat. No. Oh, he commits suicide. No. <laughs> he helped out a VA vet and that VA vet was nuts and not getting treatment because America doesn't care about soldiers or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely also not soldiers. Um, and then he basically killed him because he was rude to him. Yeah. Um, that's not mentioned. The way that this movie handles it is that the door opens and then the creepiest looking guy you've ever seen <laughs> in your life is like standing there hunched over in like weird ill fitting clothes and yeah. greasy hair and just like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's a moment where like it slows down you see him mm-hmm. the door is closing in slow motion as the wife is like watching him walk away for <laughs> yeah. the last time and what's so funny to me about and she's that like scene, looking real suspicious yeah and then and she's then like, it fades mm. to black and it says like chris kyle was killed that day but what's so fucking funny to me about that scene is it's like it has this feeling to it where it's as if to say like and the rest is history right like we all know what happened next (laughs) (laughs) it has this weird assumption with the audience where it's like and you know how the chris kyle story ends because i guess that was probably big news for a lot of people for a certain type of person i guess yeah but i did not even know he was a guy (laughs) let alone how he died (laughs) so i was if i hadn't looked at the wikipedia article i would have been like what yeah (laughs) how did he die um but actually how he really died is hysterical did you read that he's like at a shooting range and the dude just like shoots him yeah so he went with his friend and this new guy so the friend and him were like texting back and forth on the way to the to the shooting range Mm -hmm. and they were like this guy's fucking nuts (laughs) and like watch my six like they thought they were gonna get shot yeah (laughs) and then they did and then they fucking did and then that guy probably saw that text yeah they were just like mocking him fucking dicks yeah because he's a dick yeah that's not a cool thing (laughs) (laughs) he's a huge asshole um and the movie doesn't really try to not make him a huge asshole it does in some ways though which is that it covers up the fact that the other thing about the real Chris Kyle, the historical Chris Kyle, as mm. we call him, uh, is that he's a psychotic liar. Really? He is a fucking freakish liar <laughs> to the to the level of shit that he'll lie about. So Please, some indulge things, me. Some of the things that he's lied about over the course of his life post-war, uh, one of the biggest ones was... Okay, so I'll start small and I'll get bigger as okay, we go. Okay, okay. Okay, so lie number one is he told this story about two guys trying to steal his truck, uh, and he shot them dead on his property, and everyone's like, oh damn, God. cool. And this was in the context of talking about like uh, gun laws, and he's like, you oh, need to have like, the I'm right a, to defend yourself. I'm a good yourself. guy with a gun. Yeah. I'm a good guy with a gun. These guys tried to steal my fucking truck. I shot them. I wouldn't have my truck if I hadn't murdered two people. That sounds illegal. <laughs> that shouldn't be legal. It shouldn't be, but they were on his property, I guess, and so we could shoot him, right? So then people go into it, and they look, and they're like, well, there's no police report on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing in the news about it. Did there's you hide their bodies in a there. lake? Yeah, did you, buy, <laughs> did you bury them in the backyard or something? And he's just like you know, casually whistling as he walks away. You know, it's like he never explains it, right? And everybody's like, well, that's a weird story. That, But who knows? Maybe it's true. 
whatever. So then second story that is very clearly a lie is uh, he tells the story about being at a Navy SEALs um, uh, funeral. And there's a guy at this funeral being a real jackass, making jokes about how much he fucking hates the Iraq war and how, you know, you guys shouldn't be over there and whatever. That is a jackass thing to do, yeah. And then he (laughs) grabs him by the shirt and he beats the shit out of him, right? And that's the story, right? And he's like, I beat this guy's ass for talking about the Iraq war. And everyone's like, well, so who's the guy? And he's like, former Governor Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He said that on the Opie and Anthony Yeah, he said that on O&A. And, like, so for years, (laughs) there's this story out there that Chris (laughs) Kyle whooped Jesse Ventura's ass. And Jesse's just like, I've never met this guy. I don't know who this (laughs) man is. (laughs) I wouldn't hurt a fly. It's so hard to do his voice, but it's like... I definitely can't do it. I've never met this man. <laughs> I don't know who this man is. <laughs> but anyways, the point is he, he sues him for defamation. And then after Chris Kyle dies, he keeps suing him for defamation and wins and takes all the money out of his estate. Oh, fuck. So now his kids have no money for that college That fucking shit. rips. That's so cool. I love Jesse Ventura. I love Jesse Ventura. I'm a huge fan. Anyway. The we, third... we have no choice but to stand. <laughs> Thank you for ruining Chris Kyle's family's life. That rules. I will say my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part about this movie, and this is gonna sound. You can cancel me for this. This is bad, but really, honestly, the enemy sniper gets so many good kills on yeah, like uh-huh. fucking shitheads, like the mil- the U.S. military guys with their dumb helmets, just like f- fucking like. There's there's a scene where. One of the U.S. military, one of the Marines, is like chasing down like a kid, mm-hmm. and the and the and, and Mustafa, the cool sniper, <laughs> like just gets him right in the fucking head and cr- crumples. And I was like, honestly, like yes, <laughs> got his ass. Was, so if you if you must watch this film for any reason. That's the part to look yeah, forward to. Yeah, there is some good good footage of that. So okay, so the third Chris <laughs> Kyle lie, and this is the biggest and craziest one, is oh, that yeah. he has a story that he told about how during Hurricane Katrina, the government paid oh, him no. to sit on top of the Superdome and oh, snipe yeah. looters. <laughs> I think I heard about this. I think I covered that on BP Pledis. Um, he... What a fucking stupid thing to lie about that's like incredible first of all, completely not believable. <laughs> right. You're just killing civilians. You're just killing civilians. That is a Fox from the News lie if I've ever heard Super one. Superdome, which isn't even like a good vantage point. It's a <laughs> wide building. It's a wide <laughs> dome. That's like you need a perch. You need a thin, tall thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chris Kyle. Uh, so I mean, is he even liar. is he even like the best shooter? Like, because it says like there's unconfirmed kills, and he's even said in interviews like sometimes some days it's one sixty, some days it's higher. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, so I guess like part of it is that to be a confirmed kill, there has to be some like visual verification by like a third party or something like that. And so he says that there's his like friends, bodies that got dragged friends. away or whatever. 
But then also there's there's an article I just saw that like the Navy is reviewing his medals because like nice. they're not sure if he like actually earned all the medals he got. Of course. And they're like looking at his paperwork because they're not really sure if his paperwork is real. I think it would be so fucking funny if he never killed a single person. <laughs> if he was that just a pussy and he's just like incredible. up there just shooting his gun off into nothing. Just a huge liar. Actually, great story about um, my grandfather. Uh, my late grandfather was in World War II. Too, okay and he was an engineer he was drafted and he served as an engineer right Sick. and his job was to like build bridges he like built bombs sometimes and shit but Jesus. like mostly he was building bridges for for like tanks to get over like little rivers uh but his job was that he would every like whenever there was like a battle scenario he was mostly like digging a trench putting up a fence that sort of shit and then he would have to expend one clip of ammo and that was like why and then you can like then you can retreat but like you have to be okay. involved in in the shooting part of the battle for you know some amount of time right mm-hmm. um and the way that my grandpa tells it is that you know because when you're a kid you're just like sick you were in war did you kill anyone and he'd say fuck if i know i just <laughs> shot it off into the air <laughs> and then disappeared <laughs> He Bye. said he tells me that he would like he would lay down by the sandbags and just <laughs> keep his head down completely, not even look where it's going. <laughs> Shoot off his gun and then go. That's what I would do if I had to be in war. Exactly, and they're like, and and the rule is one clip of ammo. Of course, I'm shooting it all off at nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then the other story was that he, uh, I guess, at the time, your rations would be like a day's worth of food plus like some amount of cigarettes. And he didn't smoke, so he would always trade his cigarettes for more food. Okay. And so he came back from the war fatter than he was when he left. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. He's Um, Italian as hell. That shit rules. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, it's very possible Chris Kyle could have completely made all of this shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, no one knows. Um, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and it, but the problem is, is like whether it's true or not, it's not good. Why would you make up something unless you thought this was good? But yeah. the movie loves it, and that's what was really fucking damning about this movie. Yeah. Is that like you see like people wearing. Or you see people like reading The Punisher and then you see them like spray painting it on all of their gear. Yeah, they and, love like, The Punisher. They love The Punisher, which is just a fucking skull logo. And it's like, this is what you think you should look like? Like, how is America allowing this? Like, I don't know what, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a bad movie. Just even if you take politics out of it, it's a bad movie because... Hmm. At its core, this is a movie that's trying to, like, it, the story that it's trying to tell, if we're to take the director, you know, at face value, what he's trying to tell is a story about a guy who, who whether or not he did good things at war is, is circumstantial. It's really, it's about, you know, the cost of war on this guy, right? And how right. his PTSD affects him over time, right? And um, if you're just taking it as that movie, if you're taking everything else out of it, it's not as good as The Hurt Locker. And it didn't need to be made. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not as good as Jarhead. It's not as good a sniper movie as Jarhead. And it's not as good a PTSD movie as Hurt Locker. So yeah. what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Because the point is, is that those movies are not valorous. Of Well, I haven't seen the Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. But they're not 
pro-American imperialism. Yeah. And this movie is. Yeah. This movie 100% accepts everything that America says about why they do what they do in foreign countries and that it's good. And everybody who does it is good. And it's just kind of a bummer to watch. Um, And then it's also like... Like you're saying, politically, not even fun. If you if you're if you're ignoring the political political stuff, yeah. it's not even a fun action movie. Yeah, I like, think the thing I said to you because was it's like, like you can watch like the Battleship Potemkin or like Soviet like yeah. propaganda movies, and you don't show like the boring ass shit that sucks. You show like how cool it is to win, you know, and like you're fighting for like an idea, you're fighting for valor, you're fighting for whatever, like. If you really believe that America is the good guy, why would you make this movie yeah. where it like sucks? And yeah, like and, the and, whole and, last and... tour in Iraq is like this brown there's it ends in a sandstorm <laughs> and it's like literally 10 minutes of footage where you cannot look at it. It doesn't look like anything. Yeah. It's like I feel like it's going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but like watch the sands like try and google the sandstorm scene and it's like what is happening in this movie? I don't I don't know if they're winning or losing or yeah. who's dying. It's just like noise on the screen. And it's just like, well, I guess I'm going to not watch this part. <laughs> and on the subject of like the fighting for an idea, you know, like the Iraq war is such a terrible framing device for a war movie know, because man. it never ends. <laughs> The yeah. whole thing is we that it didn't doesn't win. End. We don't win. We don't finish it. It's, it's not even like happening. a Vietnam where there's like, you know, we fly off in the helicopter and everyone's grabbing the bottom of the helicopter trying to get out. You know, it, there's no end. It's just right. still going. It's a gradient, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And at some point you're like, is it still gray? Is it white now? I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like even a war that everyone literally everyone even the people who were there and the people who started it mostly agrees except for fucking henry kissinger vietnam was a bad one we were the bad guys everyone mm-hmm. knows that and you can make a movie that's even pro soldier in that movie it's like oh shit these poor kids had to go send over there i mean this is wrong politically i'm just saying like as a movie you could be like oh man they were put in this terrible situation and they got out. Um, this movie, you can't really do that because people are still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At, in 2014, they were there. In 2020, they're still there. And it's nuts why you would even make this movie. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to say. Yeah. Like Chris Kyle, very cool guy. Chris Kyle, very cool guy. And He's never wrong. Killing Iraqis who are civilians are very is very cool. That's the thing that like I think the lesson of the movie you're supposed to take away is... Like, I wrote down my notes so many times, good thing Chris Kyle wasn't wrong. Like, there's so many (laughs) scenes in this movie where it's just like, oh, man, do I have to kill this child? It looks like he might have a grenade. Yep. Mm, Should I do? All right, I'll do it. Yep. I was right. I was right. (laughs) There's never, like, you keep waiting for a scene where it's just like, he shoots a kid and then it was a fucking Pepsi. And a lot of it is so cartoonish that it doesn't even really register to me as like, upsetting because mm-hmm. it's so silly um but there are a few scenes where like the one the first scene that really got me where i was like feeling almost ill watching was when they like break into this guy's house who is not 
a soldier. Yeah, he's an old he's guy. A, they call him the Sheik. Mm-hmm. I doubt that's his name or title. <laughs> um, but they call him the Sheik. And he's just an older man. And they like bust into his house. He's like holding his child and crying and being like, please don't kill us. Yeah. And you're supposed to like the people who are sh- holding the guns. And yeah. think that they're right. But it's like, this is a civilian. You can see that he's a civilian. He's not in the war, and he's he like tries to help. He's like, please just don't kill me. I'll tell you fucking anything. It's, again, and then like, it's like there's it's, a bunch of crying women, and yeah. then it's like all these soldiers are like fuck, and they hit him in the face. And it's something that we we talked about earlier, and it's it's like th- this is a scene that is an opportunity to zoom out the lens a little bit and yeah. be like, boy, isn't it fucked up that we like turn young men into these killing machines and they have no ability to communicate with people in a valuable way. So what we're seeing is a communication breakdown essentially, right? Even if you're a, you know, if you're a war person, like even if you're brainwashed enough to think yeah, that they should even be there at all, you can still look at this and say like, yeah, we have communication issues because we turn kids into murder machines, yeah. you know, but they don't inspect it at all. It's given at face value. It's taken without question. And then we move on from it. And that's every single thing in this movie. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they fucking, um, they make him tell them the information. He's not in the war. He's yeah. not a, in the, he's not a terrorist. He's nothing. He's just being terrorized by also the terrorist. And then the next scene you see him in, the butcher this crazy fake person (laughs) who doesn't exist the the evil villain drills his son's head in with a drill (laughs) and it's like and then he gets shot and they're like whoops well that's the only scene where i can see maybe there being an inspection of something which is like the idea of these civilians being forced into compliance with these kind of violent terrible people and like you know being like showing us that side of things where it's like you know everyone in Iraq isn't a bad guy <laughs> like because this guy is being forced into this scenario by another person. Therefore he's okay. This guy's the bad guy. But even that they're just like, and next scene. Whatever. Like, it's the, <laughs> see and, you later, everybody. And even Chris Kyle says, like, no, don't regret anything. Yep. I, hey, the and only that's the martini I, shot on the chic. Yeah. All right, everybody, thank you for being here. <laughs> Great job. We'll see you at the rap party. <laughs> yeah. And but but I mean, in the movie, Chris Kyle is like, I don't regret anything I did except allowing some Americans to get killed. Yeah. The thesis of the movie is that American lives are more important than these anyone else, and the only thing that's bad about any of this movie is that some of them died or some of them got blown up and have one leg or are have PTSD. That's all. Yep. And everything else is fine. So if not, yeah. very cool, <laughs> very handsome, very charming, very cool. Huge dick, huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So would you recommend American sniper? No. And fuck no. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Because as we've said, it's terrible politically. It's poorly made. It's poorly yep. acted. It's poorly written. We didn't even talk about the after the watching fake ass the baby. fake baby. The yeah. fake baby. I forgot that was a meme <laughs> watching it. And I was like, oh yeah, hey, the fake baby. When he fucking jiggles its little hand with his yeah. thumb. There's actually in the, the the cut I watched, I don't know if this is the one that was in the theater, but when the wife is holding it, it's like a CGI hand. There's like a CGI baby hand. That's funny. They and did like a like a George Lucas. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, I guess that looked pretty bad. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, it's it's poorly made, it's poorly acted, it's poorly written. Yeah, it's it's shot like a Clint Eastwood movie, so meaning it's barely shot. <laughs> he doesn't care about what a movie looks like. It doesn't yeah. look I like seen anything. Anything else of his? I don't think. What? Uh, Letters at Iwo Jima, f- f- the other war movie did fa- Fathers, s- the Wars so, or no. Fathers, and then he did um, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, I did see Million Dollar Baby. Unforgiven. No, I didn't see Outlaw Josie Wales. I did um, Gran Torino. Gran Torino, yeah. Yeah, that movie I did not see. The extra racist one. The extremely racist one. Yeah. So this is a guy who loves the troops, who loves America. He thinks he made an anti-war movie because poor baby fucking poor little Kyle. Poor baby fucking marine sluts got a little hearted because his daddy hurt them very bad it sucks <laughs> it's yeah. I, I hate this guy i hate everyone involved and and it makes me really lose respect for fucking bradley cooper yeah he's a big part of getting this movie made he's like a producer uh he's deeply involved in getting it done he didn't want to be the main character he was gonna ask chris pratt another fucking christian reactionary guy yeah what the to fuck be- <laughs> they have to stop doing this to us yeah fucking taking our best comedic actors and ruining them with fascist <laughs> bullshit. Why do they keep doing this? I don't know. Also, in this movie at the very end, when he's like all of a sudden not PSTD, we haven't even talked about the fact that he's PTSD'd and then all of a sudden he's just cured because yeah, he hangs out with some boys. Vets, yeah. It's stupid. Even as a PTSD movie, it sucks. It sucks. It's not a realistic portrayal. There's it like that ass. dumbass scene where he's like got the gun and he's like, drop your fucking pants, lady. Yeah. And it's a like, real gun, right? Yeah, it's a real gun. It's he a real points a real gun, gun yeah. and terrible trigger discipline. Yeah. He has his fucking finger on the trigger. Right on the trigger. It's yeah. crazy. And cocks it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill That's my how wife he as a joke. Her that he's there. Is oh like, yeah. He cocks the gun. Yeah. So it's like ready to fire a bullet. <laughs> yeah. Really insane. I'm sure it's supposed to be not loaded or something. But you like, don't do that. He's anyway. a sniper. He should know that. You're in Texas. You know that. Yeah. It's really every stupid. gun is loaded yeah so I'm, I'm dispensing fucking advice on my shows this week this is my <laughs> advice for this show every gun is loaded always yeah don't look don't down the ever barrel fucking point a gun at anything not anyone you don't want to die <laughs> don't put your finger on the trigger ever unless you are trying to make a bullet come out <laughs> anyway yeah i mean having shot a lot of guns i don't mind guns i'm a weird leftist who doesn't mind guns yeah i think guns are cool guns are fun i i enjoy shooting them uh, um yeah do not fucking practice your trigger discipline you crazy people <laughs> fucking chris kyle <laughs> uh so yeah um this movie is terrible yeah don't watch this it's movie it's probably the worst movie we've watched so far it's definitely yeah. the most fascist movie we watched so far like falling down is bad it's not a great movie but at least it's stylized at least it's kind of fun in places yeah <laughs> at least it's got like sort of a questy sort of vibe to it like stuff leads to other stuff yeah this is just like just droning d- d- no pun just intended like make up <laughs> shit to even make it feel a little bit like something changes from beginning to end aside from chris kyle dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah which isn't even in the movie yeah uh yeah it's trash oh but that's Don't the funniest it. thing to me is that the end of the movie when Chris Kyle dies, and this is the last thing we'll say on okay. this, and then we'll sign off because we're probably well over time. Oh now. my god, it's incredible how um, over time we are. But like the end of the movie is that he's going off with the creepy kid to die, right? And yep. it fades to black, and it's like Chris Kyle dies that day. It's as if to be he deserves not to have his death shown yeah. 
on screen. Very being respectful. Tasteful. Incredibly. Meanwhile, every Iraqi person <laughs> is shown in gruesome detail how yeah. they died. They drill a kid's fucking knee. <laughs> and head. And head. And then the fucking American soldiers, too. His friend gets shot in the fucking throat. His other friend gets his face blowed off. Yeah, like, lots of fun footage of American soldiers getting blown up. happy to show everyone else dying. Chris Kyle, no. mm, too, it would be... Too good for this world. Uh, and then only they the show... Only the good die young Chris Kyle. And then all the credits is the real footage of his real funeral. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so glamorous. It's disgusting. Yeah. Movie sucks. Don't watch Don't it. Don't watch it. Anyway, Never th- watch it. <laughs> thanks, for watch- thanks for listening to Generation Lost. <laughs> the podcast that's, I'm going to guess, two hours and 15 minutes long. <laughs> getting, getting there. <laughs> Uh, anyway thank you so much for listening please listen to our other podcasts beefy lettuce and ballin out super if you haven't listened to them already yeah um we are thinking about making other content someday so maybe we'll have more of that if you're not getting enough of two hours of us talking about (laughs) terrible movies um and so hopefully good movies soon yeah um yeah so please follow us on twitter jeremy thunder kinematography um follow jen lost pod rate and review us on apple Podcasts because it really helps people find the show and we will see you next time yeah and um uh if you live in an early voting state fucking get out there and do some shit oh or yeah obviously fucking vote for bernie sanders at least at least get out there do We're some not shit pussyfooting around here yeah no don't vote for warren vote for bernie don't, sanders don't vote for warren the dance wasn't that cute it wasn't that i know cute. what i said earlier <laughs> don't listen to me the, the dance was endearing <laughs> as a person i'd be happy if she was in the cabinet but that's as far as she yeah. goes if you're not <laughs> And I mean that. Took me a second. <laughs> Listen, if you're not going to do anything revolutionary or have any further left politics, the least you can do is vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, get out there, folks. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> a hero has to have honor, and a liar has no honor. That's the definition of hero. A hero must have honor. Well, if you're a liar, you don't have honor. And you know, that's interesting. I posed the question once who's more powerful? God or government? Clearly government. Because God says, thou shalt not kill. And there's no asterisk there. Thou shalt not kill. Yet, if you kill for government, you're not only allowed to do it, you're a hero. What makes you a hero? Because you go kill for government. You did your job. Kyle was probably a great sniper. He did his job. But killing makes you a hero? He was a great Navy SEAL sniper, but use the word hero? When how many people did he kill in the world? A hero to me is someone who helps people, not kills them.